This is a VOFM special broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday, from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to VOFM 88.1. Hear it. You're still tuned to the COVID Report. Thank you very much for staying with us. Now, if you've ever wondered just out of curiosity or whether or not you actually have a an investment into how the pandemic has affected the landscape on the sports fields, you'll definitely enjoy the conversation we are about to have. Amidst the uh, growing reports of league cancellations all across the globe, from America to Europe, and the noise of cancellation versus postponement building and bubbling here in South Africa as far as SA football is concerned. Joining us on the COVID report is uh, Eyewitness News sports journalist Michael Pedro, who is going to help us uh, give um, and shine some insight on to this matter. Michael, good evening and welcome to the COVID report. Good evening. Thank you very much for having me, Game. Really appreciate it. Now, in your opinion, and based on what has surfaced, what information we've been privy to from the various sporting organizations here in South Africa and across the world, to what extent has the pandemic derailed plans for sports leagues to um, either finish or continue their seasons? Yeah, I think pretty similar to the rest of the world. Uh, it's had a massive impact, especially on football. Look, the cricket season was coming to an end anyway and is in the off-season now at the moment. So they're not too affected by it. Rugby and football have definitely been hit the hardest. Um, rugby, in terms of super rugby, it was only, I think, less than 15 games into the season. So it's still very early in the super rugby campaign. Uh, the football season was obviously coming to to its end and reaching the nitty-gritty stage with Kaiser Chiefs at the top of the PSL. And the call from the Ministry of Sports earlier this week was for SAFA and the PSL to get onto the same page about when football can resume because obviously it's a big worry for the PSL at the moment as well. Uh, they are losing a lot of revenue. Clubs are, are losing a lot of uh, match day revenue and sponsorship agreements that they have to uh, adhere to and uphold constantly. So it is having a, a big financial impact on local football teams. Uh, we've seen in the news recently that Amazulu uh, have been one of the teams to sort of cut players' salaries at this time and, and not give them the full wages purely because of the lack of income coming into the club without any matches. So I think the call is just for everyone, all the bodies, uh, SAFA and the PSL, to get on the same page about when football can resume. Uh, SAFA is saying that it can only resume once we reach level one of the lockdown. The PSL is trying to lobby government and convince them that uh, level three would be would be sufficient enough to get football on the go, obviously behind closed doors as well. Um, so I think once both those bodies are on the same page, we can do what they've been doing in Europe and try and map out a way to restart the season, whether that's um, having a couple of games at, at neutral venues or making sure that the players are tested for coronavirus well in advance before uh, putting them on the field and obviously uh, not allowing fans into the stadium for the foreseeable future. So I think once the the two football bodies in the country in particular uh, sort of get on the same page and sort themselves out, then we can do what is being done in Europe and and try and find a way back uh, to staging football matches in the near future. 
such a scary thought to think a year without football. But for other sports, I know you slightly touched on rugby and cricket. Would they apply the same thing maybe as Europe um, in returning and maybe returning with some precautions? Even maybe I go as far as to thinking the F1, which doesn't exist in an entire country, but is a series in a bunch of different countries. Are there any speculations on how they'd come back or if they are coming back this year? Yeah, well, just to, to touch on the rugby elements, there has been talk, uh, particularly coming out of Australia, that they would reduce Super Rugby to sort of just domestic competitions. So only having uh, clubs within Australia play against each other, clubs within New Zealand playing against each other, uh, that would obviously impact uh, the South African franchises heavily because of all the money that comes in from bringing New Zealand teams uh, to South Africa and the revenue that that, that generates. Uh, but I think having fans in stadiums at this point at any, in any level at any sport is just a, a massive risk, uh, not only to the fans themselves, but also to the professionals who have to go out onto the field and, and play the sport that they are, are participating in. So I think there's a lot of moves in a lot of different sporting codes to try and bring that particular code back purely because, I mean, as you say, imagining a year without any football is just unthinkable and fans of rugby and F1 and tennis uh, will obviously feel the same way. So I think across the globe, you are seeing different sporting codes trying to make provisions uh, as best they can in order to try and bring their particular codes back, not only from an entertainment point of view, but also from a revenue point of view. And a lot of players, especially if we look at tennis, um, it's only really the top 100 players or top 50 players who could theoretically survive without playing matches for a sustained period, uh, purely off of sponsorship deals, endorsements, those kind of things. But once you go lower down the rankings, a lot of those players are dependent on the match fees that they get for pitching up to tournaments and, and playing in matches and getting prize money from various tournaments. So it's also a very tricky area to navigate in terms of finances, um, not just for the federations themselves, but also for the individual players within the respective sporting codes. My next question now rests on the, as far as the the fans on a fan level is concerned. I think um, having 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 studied this particular stream of of conversation and this particular train of thought on social media, I think the. The, the majority of the noise of cancellation versus postponement versus finding ways to continue with our sports has been more so a fan conversation than any other level above that. So when it comes to, when it comes to the fans possibly needing to get more insight on the inner workings of the sports they support to get a, a, a clearer understanding on why sports can't continue at the moment and why it would be difficult to just simply implement the continuation of sports. Is this matter of cancellation and cancelling league seasons altogether and cancelling um, sporting campaigns altogether versus trying to find ways to continue these seasons and, and sporting campaigns or postponing them, is this a matter that's simply cut and dry or do fans need to be made aware of the complexities that exist? A lot of the things that we are seeing at the moment, as you rightly say, are fan-driven purely because, I mean, most people around the world are locked up in their homes and, and have really nothing to do unless they are 
working from home essentially, but uh, the entertainment value of sport will always be there, whether you're allowing fans into the stadium or not. I mean, people can still watch games from their, the comfort of their own home. It just gives people something to, to look forward to. Obviously, there's a massive sports following all over the world and especially in South Africa. So I think fans need to be cognizant of the fact that it isn't cut and dry. And as much as we say, okay, play behind closed doors, if you look at, say, an average football team in South Africa, call it maybe without the players or if you include the 11 on the field, obviously there has to be two teams playing at the same time. That's already 22 people. Then there's the backroom staff, the coaching staff, the medics for each team. That takes it up to about 40 people per team. And two teams competing, that takes it close to 100, just over 80 people. Then you have all the the camera crew that would have to be set up in the stadium to obviously stream the game and put it on TV. So that could easily be another 20 or 30 people. And that already exceeds the 100-person mark that was introduced at the beginning of all of the restrictions in South Africa. So as much as you say, yes, play behind closed doors, it's okay. You also have to take into consideration that that doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be uh, a minimal amount of people in the stadium at any given time. There are risks. There's risk imposed on the players as well because as much as they are isolating at the moment and training from home and trying to do all they can to keep their skills sharp in isolation, once they go back into a team environment, you're sharing a team bus to get to the stadium. You're sharing a change room. You're sharing hotel rooms. So avoiding contact in those match situations, I say in air quotes, I mean, is just impossible. So I think it's a bit of both where obviously all the federations are trying to get sport back for their own benefit and for the players' benefit. And it's also fans wanting something to look forward to and wanting something to to sort of establish normality again because the world without sport is something that no one has ever seen. No one has envisaged that this would be the situation that we're in in the year 2020. So it's a big adjustment for everybody involved. And I think just the fact that we need to have an understanding as fans and that things aren't as cut and dry as they may seem. And organizations also need to realize that they are dealing with people's lives in terms of the players who are participating in these sports. And they have to take every precaution to ensure that if a particular code does return, it is under strict safety regulations and rules to protect the players and any potential fans that would be allowed into stadiums in the future. We have seen many creative things happening in what you're saying is a very unprecedented, unsure time where many sports people have found themselves stuck inside their home. But I'd like to hear from you, what is the most interesting thing you have seen coming out of COVID-19 and sporting during this time? Yeah, I think just the fact that you can do so much of what you would do in training at home. I mean, the only element really missing is that team environment. And obviously within sport, that is a big thing, especially team sports, obviously. Tennis, you can still get away with, and golf being a little bit individualistic. But on the whole, uh, team sports are very important. That team chemistry is very important. But just the fact that players have been able to do so much at home, uh, I think is a credit to the clubs that they represent. Uh, I'm looking specifically at football now, putting in programs, uh, rugby as well. I've been in contact with a lot of 
super rugby franchises here in South Africa and just the way they are trying to keep players uh, fit and sharp and, and mentally, I think, as much as anything uh, in terms of being ready whenever they are given the green light to go. I think that's probably been one of the biggest challenges for individual sports people is, yes, you can keep your fitness up, you can do weights at home, you can train, you can work on some skills, but that uncertainty of when you're actually going to return to competitive action, I think, is is one of the more interesting elements that have come out of this in that you do realize that a lot of these guys are dependent on playing matches to earn a salary. And when they aren't playing matches, what are they doing? I mean, for them, it's unspeakable that they haven't played a game for seven weeks during the middle of the season. Yes, off-season is different, and they're given different programs to keep their fitness up. But this is a completely different story. This is the back end of seasons, halfway through seasons, when you are supposed to be sort of hitting your straps and performing at your peak to now go from what you meant to be doing to doing pretty much nothing. I think is a big toll on players mentally and just the way that they've had to keep themselves sharp physically and mentally as well has also been a, a very interesting aspect to look at. Absolutely, Michael. And um, I think finally from me, before we let you go, as far as um, realistic timeframes to get um, or, or to start implementing the return of sports screens, I mean, uh, by sort of the only other comparison I can make to it as far as the timelines question is concerned is the Department of Basic Education's plans to um, begin ushering uh, children back into the classrooms from uh, from the beginning of June, I believe it was um, last reported. As, uh, as it pertains to um, sport, what would you say is a realistic time frame for the implementation of um, its return uh, to screens and what would what 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 level of investment would be needed to um and, and by investment I'm, I mean what kind of uh what 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 kind of things need to be checked off in the in in the box in the box or the list of things that need to be checked off before it can successfully be returned to our screens? Mm. Well, I think the fact that with this whole coronavirus situation, the fact that Europe is sort of ahead of us in their timeline. Uh, just with the virus itself and how long it's been around in Europe in particular. I think a lot of decisions that we have made in South Africa, non-sporting-wise even, has been based on on what other countries are doing. Obviously, ours is at a, a, a bit of an earlier stage, um, and that's helped us to sort of slow the curve a little bit. But I think the worry is that if you do start releasing restrictions, that people misunderstand the level of lockdown that we're on and think that a level four is the complete opposite of a level five and just act as normal, and that's when you'll see the numbers go up. So I think society as a whole, we need to be cognizant of the fact that there are still strict rules and regulations in place, and we can't get ahead of ourselves, especially uh, at this time when we have been reduced to level four. We can't think that everything's back to normal, start interacting as we would before coronavirus was around, because that's only going to increase the numbers, slow down the rate that the economy can develop again, and slow down when sport can return in particular as well. So I think in terms of looking at sport, 
and football in particular, there's a lot of uh, happenings in Europe where players are returning to training. Uh, they are still doing social distancing during those sessions. There is a view, I think, in Germany to start by either the 22nd or the 29th of May. And I think uh, South African football will look at that and, and almost use that as a test run for more or less the timeline when we can come back uh, for the different sports. See how it goes in Germany. See how it goes in Italy. Look at the numbers after games or, or in the vicinity around games and then make a judgment call on when we can come back with our football season or our rugby season. Um, so I think we are in a, in a beneficial situation in that respect where we can look to other leagues and other countries and what they're doing and try and implement the same thing here. But it is very dangerous to assume that we can start playing football by the end of the month, I think, because there's a lot of things that go into the planning, into the safety, uh, into the health regulations that would have to be put in place in the stadiums for the players, for the staff. Um, and that is something that takes time and takes time to get right, especially when you are dealing with the health and safety of, of individuals. Truly some uncertain times we're living and unprecedented times. Uh, Pedro did say that we don't even know when sports is coming back and We've never imagined a life without sports. And that was Michael Pedro, a sports reporter at EWN, speaking on the state of sports in South Africa and around the world in the midst of the pandemic, reminding us that truly no aspect of our life has been left unaltered by corona. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. And that was Michael Pedro on the impact the coronavirus has had on the sporting world, reminding us that no aspect of life has been left untouched by the coronavirus. And before that, we went and continued the fight that has existed long before coronavirus about gender-based violence. And we were joined by Nozipo Mapena and Given Sigawuke speaking about what steps are being taken during the virus to ensure the cases are still being heard and justice is still being served. Game, I think this was a jam-packed, informative and quite an engaging show today. Absolutely. It was conversation heavy. It was insightful conversation heavy. And I think that is a reflection of what you come to expect when you tune in to the COVID report. And again, thank you very much for joining Siposiche and I. And uh, we appreciate everyone that's uh, been downloading the podcast. Please keep doing so. If you haven't done so already, www.vowfm.co.za is how you can check them out and download them for yourself and your listening pleasure. Another edition of the COVID Report in the can. One more time, thank you so much for joining us. From Siposiche and myself, it is goodbye. Until next time.